Alright fella, that's done any request. Can I play your guitar? Through Wonderwall. I'm a good singer, can I sing with you? Oh, give us another. Come on mate, one more song. One more song, 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 one more song. Hello, welcome to the One More Song cast. I've still got my shades on my head, actually. I'm going to take them off. How are we doing? We've got our fourth guest on this afternoon, and it's another local legend. We call Chris Healy a local legend, but uh, I think a lot of people know Justin from his uh, guitar tuition. Obviously, he's a multi-instrumentalist as well. It's Justin Crow on the podcast today. How are we doing, Justin? You all right? right? Yeah, good. Good Thank stuff. Yeah. So it's weird, because I've, I've known you quite a long time. I used to have lessons with you, and then I came back and had lessons with you. Don't know too much about you. We talk about gigs, and we talk about this and that, but obviously, there's a lot to be learned from you today. We always start our podcast with, what does music just the term music mean to you? It's a very broad question, but it's uh, an opener. Uh, it, well, it is. I mean, music's been my life, really. I know it's probably easy to say that, and everyone says that, but every, every, I, I mean, I've been playing since I was nine, I think. I've been listening to music since, well, since as, as, as long back as I can remember. Yeah. And, uh, and just gigging and playing, and the people I've met, the places I've been, the, that music that's it, it's taken me to places that uh, you know just everything everything about that is uh, I don't actually know what I'd be doing if I wasn't gigging yeah. and playing you know and that's that's especially, that's yeah, especially I can't imagine what I'd be doing without it so really, it's everything you know. to you really yeah, isn't it yeah, so yeah. so obviously where did it all begin so um, first of all like where did you grow up and what was being played around your house when you was a youngster and that kind of thing? What, did you have musical family members as well? Yeah, well, I was born in Farrington, Leyland, uh, and I grew up in in the seventies when I was sort of. Uh, me, me, me dad actually, my dad was a um, concert secretary of right. three social clubs ah. in 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 Leyland and Farrington at the time, and um, in them days, what what. What used to do the concert section would, would go around and look for acts. There weren't agents. I'm going back right. to the seventies now, early seventies, late seventies, and uh, he was always looking for acts, and he, he, he was great. He would go out all over different clubs, all over, and find you know book different acts and that. And he also, they're also looking for organists and drummers, you know. So he was always keen to for me to get into, into music yeah. and play, and, and and so I started learning, learning organ and that, right. you know. And that's what really got me into music. But at the time, we were always a family. We were always listening to like uh, the top, the top forty on mm. on Sunday yeah. on radio. You know, <laughs> there's a lot, there's a lot of people did in in, in them days. That's all we really listened to, and also the records, the music. So, it, although my dad wasn't actually musical as yeah. such, my dad, but there there was always around music, yeah, you know, around he, music acts and booking acts. Yeah, it was almost and, like and, a talent scout. Yeah. Basically, yeah, yeah. because it, you, you know, he would go around and book all the acts himself, you know, for the yeah. clubs. He was very busy, he was a very, very busy like that. Yeah, it's a good way to do it, yeah. you know what you're getting then for pubs, yeah. you know. Yeah. I, always, I always remember like, uh, every night from sort of five o'clock till 
seven or eight o'clock, he'd be on the phone in in, uh, in hallway. Yeah, our nice. phone was in the hallway. <laughs> he'd be on phone constantly for like three hours every <laughs> night, you know, booking stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. So did you ever go go with him to see acts and stuff as as he was booking? Um, well, I was young then. I'm going back like in the seventies. Yeah. I mean, I was born in '69, so like okay. that, this is me early years before I started learning. Really. Yeah. And it was about 79, 1980 when I started actually learning. But yeah. that's that's my first sort of memory yeah. of music around the house. And, nice. and, I, and my brother's like, my brother's eight year older than me and he, he's a drummer as well, uh-huh. you know, so he was playing drums. Cool. I always remember my dad saying, oh, they're always looking for organists. Oh, you'll always be, you'll always have work if yeah. you play at organ yeah, clubs and that. Absolutely. <laughs> so where did that turn into, right, I love these records that I'm listening to with my mum and dad and everything to, oh, my brother's playing drums. Right, where did that mean, you, right, I want to learn music, oh, I want to learn an instrument here? Well, originally, like, um, we, we, we was, uh, well, we were always listening to music. And then it was around about 1978, something like that, because there, there was... The music at the time, all, all, all we was doing is like at school, we were learning like uh, all things bright and beautiful and things <laughs> like that. So cross-legged in the hallway, really didn't really do anything yeah, for me. So yeah. it was all really at home that it did it. And then I, I remember um, Buzzcocks did uh, Ever Fall in Love mm. With Someone. I thought, oh, I love that track. I love the Buzzcocks. I'm really into because it was different. It was edgy. It yeah. was mm. not that I'm particularly into punk, but I, I love the rawness and the, the melody of, of of that. And so then it was like '89, uh, '79 uh, when I sort of started wanting to learn. And of course, mum and dad were really behind me then to start learning. So I st- like I said, I started learning yeah. organ, that you know, and I was starting playing guitar a bit then as well. Uh, but it was mainly organ, and. Uh, so that was it really, Once I, and then I've started listening to different bands. So that's kind of the, the point where I thought of, like, yeah, got, in, got into music, you know. Definitely, yeah. Something that I, I like personally, rather than that Absolutely. my parents was, yeah. listening, you know. That's quite a contrast to Buzzcocks and yeah. all things bright and beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> well, exactly, you know. Yeah. I mean, like, there's really nothing for it, then you go on Sunday night and you'd hear Buzzcocks on really. Like, well, well, you know. <laughs> so how did that go from, so obviously, if you started in 78 you, in music, were you doing it at school and stuff as well then? Not really, no, I, I had private tuition actually. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah, Bob Singleton, he was, he was an organist actually at the clubs, he was a really, really good organist, mm. multi-instrument, you know, and he, he had his own big bands, his jazz bands. And yeah. So I had private tuition right, actually, yeah. you know, all, all right through from being nine in nine, well, right through till 17 or 18, really, yeah, yeah. when I started getting in bands myself. But he, he really taught me a lot, and that's what I taught. I would learn to read and that, you yeah. know, organ pedals and, <laughs> and all that, you know, reading and that. And it, and it was good, you know, because that's that's what he did. He, he worked in clubs, you know, yeah, and that, yeah. that was his... He knew the standard as well, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it was like, you know, that's that's a sort of... Uh, he was a big influence on me, cool. really, you know. So how did you find trying to read four lines at once, or was it three in the old? It, it was it was full if it was it was two and the, and the bass pedals. Yeah. But when I started, because I, I didn't actually read, I started to learn to read bass and treble and bass. But because my legs weren't long enough, they couldn't reach the bass <laughs> oh. pedals. So it was like about three or four years before I started moving on to bass pedals. <laughs> you know. 
Yeah. Once, once my toes could reach. You know? Yeah, yeah. But, yeah so was... how did that? How did that then go? Do you remember your first gig? So obviously you you get in private tuition. What what then? Was there something that then motivated you to actually go out and gig yourself? And how did that first experience go? Do you remember your first ever? I do remember my, f- my first yeah. gig actually. Yeah, um, I was in a band before that, the Redeemers, we were called, okay. and it was like we were schoolmates. I mean, back to 16 and 17, literally left school and got in a, we were like a garage band, but we never really, we didn't really do any gigs. Mm. We did our own material, but we didn't really do any gigs. But then, then I joined a band called Crazy Train and uh, they were gigging sort of two or three nights a week around right. Liverpool. And, oh, nice. And my first gig was, a, I think it was a nightclub called Brannigan's. It wasn't in the centre of Liverpool, I'm not sure where it were, mm. but I was that nervous. And I'd only just joined the band sort of uh, a couple of weeks before, <laughs> playing keyboards, you know, and I didn't really have a proper amp or anything, <laughs> nobody could hear it. <laughs> and there was a couple of songs I had to mime because I didn't have time to learn oh. them, but I was literally thrown in at the <laughs> But because I'd learnt to read, yeah. you know, I could read things, but as soon as the music was taken away, I was like, right, mm. I've got to like memorise chords and memorise lines, and that, that I, I found really difficult, yeah. actually, so I, that's why I was nervous. So did that first gig but, go well then? Did it um, push you on to then, um, obviously? Well, yeah, it, it, it did actually. The, it, was, it was the first couple of gigs. I do remember that first gig, and the second gig probably wasn't as good as the first. But then, you know, when there a few gigs, just sort of got into it. Yeah. And I sort of enjoyed it and then bought better equipment. <laughs> <laughs> you know, with, with that. Definitely, yeah. I think that is second gig syndrome, because um, I think I always say the second gigs I've ever done with any band have never gone as well no, as the I first know. one. Yeah. Um, it's, it just seems to be the way, doesn't it? I think. So obviously now you're teaching guitar as well. So you, do you play guitar in bands as well? And when uh, did you pick up? When did you first pick up a guitar? I started playing probably. Well, probably started playing acoustic really when I was probably eleven or twelve, something like that. Not long after I'd started learning, you know. But um, <clears throat> yes, I play acoustic now. Mm. I've played guitar in uh, electric guitar in bands before. But I just love the acoustic, you know, at the moment. Absolutely, and that's yeah. sort of uh, where So what were you listening to then to inspire that? Um, well, after, after sort of, um, after sort of uh, being into Buzzcocks and that and getting into it, it, it in sort of 93, it was quite a barren period, I, I, I thought, like up to 93, like the early 90s, there wasn't much guitar going on. And then my favourite band were like the Smiths, mm. really, and Johnny Marr. And I heard them in, in What Difference Does It Make, I think, the first song I heard. And I thought, wow, mm. I, I was proper into Smiths and Johnny mm. Marr really were like, and that were it. And I was like learning all that. Yeah, yeah. All them so if you were born in 69, then that's the same age as me. Dad, my dad were very much like into like the jam and. Um, the yeah. Well, the Who more sixties, aren't they? But uh, yeah, a lot of these punk bands like Johnny Rotten and all that. Um, punk was quite probably quite big when you were growing up, weren't it? I think so. But for me, it it, it it's like when when I was in secondary school, mm. I think the Smiths were like also the backdrop to my being in secondary yeah, school. It yeah. was like the backdrop of me. So like all the all the things you go through when you're in secondary school, like it just relates to that yeah. backdrop for me. 
but obviously I'd, I'd like the Beatles mm. and bands like that but they were sort of before my yeah. time really yeah. I didn't sort of grow up with those sort of bands no, no. yeah so you sort of grew up in that weird post-punk era where That's it was half it went to half really cheesy pop in the 80s to yeah, yeah. all these new wave bands That's that were right, yeah. half dance bands half guitar bands that's right know. exactly yeah you know and, and, and in like I mean, I'm probably liked Adam Ant and that and like and yeah. 82 but it was after punk it was it was just a really sort of weird sort mm. of period in, period in, in music until sort of like like the indie bands like say started mm. in 83, 84 onwards yeah. and then yeah. it, it sort of so became you, the 80s then yeah, yeah absolutely so did you say you went to uni as well uh, no, I, I I just had sort of private lessons. Yeah, that, that's the only lessons I, I, yeah, I had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. So, what was it like gigging around Liverpool in the early days? Then was the music scene a lot more vibrant than it is now? Or well, it was it was mainly clubs that I okay. did, the club circuit that I did, and I'm going to sort of late eighties now. Uh, funnily enough, everybody was into the sixties then mm. in, the, in, the, in the clubs and that. Um, but yeah, and I, I sort of, it was all the work that we did, all the gigs that we did when I was sort of starting off was all around sort of the outskirts of Liverpool, yeah. around Merseyside yeah. basically, you yeah. know, and that was through different agents, you mm. know. Nice, nice. And that's sort of where I learnt my trade really. Absolutely, was, absolutely, know. yeah. Mm. So where did that, how did you end up getting into, I believe you played like the Cavern, you got started to play yeah, the I mean, so, develop? Yeah, I mean, so what happened after the, after the 80s, I got in a duo, I was in a duo then, um, and we did, we did a lot of like 10 night runs up in the northeast. Oh, we stopped in Spennymore and we did a, a few 10 night runs down in uh, South Wales. And that's when I went full time, right? Because okay. we we were doing sort of like four, four ten night runs in the northeast, and then four in South Wales a year, and then we did some runs to Germany doing army bases, and you know over there. I don't even know if they still do that. I don't even know if they do the ten night runs there. But there was so many clubs in the northeast that you could literally do one, yeah, one every night. Yeah, still, you know, there's so many. My granddad talks yeah. about playing in like holiday. I mean, he, he's probably a little bit before you in his sort of prime playing, but he's, obviously all the holiday camps like the Pontins and Butlins. Yeah, and well, like well. in '96 in I did a summer season in yeah. uh, Prestatin. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Prestatin's on, you know, yeah. they did the holiday on the buses. I, I don't know who's in the holiday on the buses. Where they, <laughs> they, they, that's where it was set, apparently. Pontins at Prestatin. Ah. But yeah, I did a summer season there in, in a duo. That was that was. That was interesting, you know. Yeah, yeah. One of one of the jobs I had to do, which was a, which was a tricky job, really, is I had to do the uh, kiddies talent competitions. Oh, yeah. So and they, they they would do it on on the Friday, but on the on the uh, Monday or Tuesday, I think it was in the afternoon at dinner time. All the all, all the kids would come up and they'd want to sing the songs, and you know, and in the heart of in the heart of the season, it could be like you could have a of a, of a line of about yeah. 20, 20 children yeah. all wanting and, and so like oh, little Amy wants to sing you know Twinkle Twinkle Little Sweet listening and you're quickly getting the key <laughs> quickly getting the key you know and of course sometimes you know the children they'll get on mic and they'll belt it out yeah. in, in any key you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. and then yeah. but it's you that looks bad you yeah, know yeah. And parents <laughs> are coming over saying you, you can sing a lot better than that <laughs> You know, and, and that's where I really that I learned a lot doing I see, that, yeah. you know, and it was you like, to change keys I to quickly learn, sorts, learn yeah. the keys, you oh, know. Wow. So, so I was actually it was tricky. I enjoyed it. It was challenging, but yeah, that, yeah. that was that was 
that was kind of good. So we wanted to keep this first section mainly to your early experiences. Okay. And, and as you're going, and as we as we move on to the next part, we're going to talk a little bit about um, obviously the bigger gigs that you've gone on to do with the uh, anthology, the Beatles, play with right. Monkeys, and the rest. Um, so. Um, did your dad get you into his into his into his club then playing as you were as you were getting a little bit more? Uh, uh, no, not really. To, to be fair, he got me into that sort of mindset of playing, and uh, that's what really influenced me to to be playing the clubs. And like I say, within the bank tracer chain that, that was doing the clubs, yeah. um, I did a couple of uh, organists. Uh, spots, I think it was at Lee Labour Club, was it? Oh, yeah. Been, yeah. Um, so I did a, 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 a little spell there. Uh, but I just wanted to get out gigging and Definitely. being in bands, you know. Absolutely, that. So, yeah. so I'd got that experience, really. And, yeah. and, and it was invaluable when I was probably about 18, 18 19. Yeah. You know, they, they were the two years that I... Because we were out every week, you know, you know, when you're out every week, two, Absolutely, three nights, yeah. so you, 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 you pick things up really quick than you mm. do just sat around at home or in a garage playing, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Was it easy to form? I imagine it was quite easy to form bands around them, wasn't it? But I suppose you didn't have the, maybe the contact that you'd have now on forums and stuff to actually bring people together. Yeah, I think, um, well, when, when, when I was at school, I, I did, obviously did me all level at school, and, and there was only four four of us mm. that was into music mm. in, in, in our year. I think we had a cornet player and a trumpet player and a flutist, and I was keyboard player, and I don't think of much of a band to make with all the people, you know. So it was it was like um, after 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 I left school, there was a couple of mates that that I didn't realise played, but they did play. Then there was in 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 my year, and we sort of got together. But again, at that that time, we don't know anyone. You know, yeah. I knew my brother was in a band. My brother's like seven eight years older than me, and he was he was in bands. It was a band called Force Nine, I think, uh, around about that time, and and I sort of looked up. To those, you know, mm. so I kind of aspired to be like in in these bigger bands. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Um, but then, as, as you start playing in bands, you start meeting people, and it's like you ask about what what does music mean to me, mm. you know? And it's a lot of it's the people you meet along Definitely. the way. You meet so many people, and then as you start meeting people, you start playing. Then people get to know what you're doing, get to know, then you get yourself out there, mm. and then. Um, and then you're out, but no, it, it, I, I don't think it was. It, I, I didn't think it was easy to 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 form bands then, no. because like you say, you've, you, you've got all your your social media and that now. If you, you know, mean. to, yeah. to, to, to the world's a lot smaller. Definitely, so, yeah. So, yeah. So with there being gigs on, like a lot of the time, seven nights a week, you could go into Preston. Probably there was. Um, we had Lee Jones talking a few weeks ago, and yeah. he was he was saying like you could go to. A, sh- a string of pubs down Church Street in Preston. Yeah, the Every one of them had have a band. Yeah. Um, so, was there any sort of like jam nights or anything like that that was going on to be able to meet musicians? Or um, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure there was. I mean, uh, what, what I remember of um, what I remember about that round again about now I'm going back about 1980. I remember going to, to Lamb for the first time in mm. Preston, mm. which is uh, it's no lo- no longer it's no longer a pub. But I remember going there and meeting. Uh, I played there a few times. But you're meeting. That's that was the sort of place to meet yeah. fellow musicians and that. You know, that was the sort of way where, where, where you met people. I think that I think there's a place called the Unicorn as well that had mm. sort of open mics and things like that. Yeah, right. I never actually went to any, but uh, 
Um, sometimes I, I would travel up from from Farrington up to uh, Preston, you know, get the bus up there, or, <laughs> you know, whatever, and uh, go and watch the bands because they had they had something on every night. Right, yeah, you know, yeah. I think there's a place Joplin's next door, the King's Arms next door. I think they had bands on pretty much every night mm. of the week, you know. But that's that's where that was the social gathering of where yeah, all those sort of musicians went, you know, pressed them. Should we call it there for a quick break? Yeah, I think we better add, yeah. just in case we get cut off again. Yeah, definitely. And we'll uh, we'll move on to some of your uh, your bigger your bigger gigs in the next part. Cheers, That's Justin. Well. See, you, you. see you shortly. Thank you. How are you doing? It's me, the legend that is. I'd just like to take a little bit of time out of the episode to promote a certain music shop that I've had really good experience with. So it is Blackstone Music and it's located in Heskin Shopping Village. Chris Bannister there has been really helpful to me. I had trouble a couple of years ago um, buying from a sort of commercial superstore one of my acoustic guitars. Um, so I went to Chris and ended up getting a completely new guitar. Ever since he's helped me with, you know, fixing bits and bats on the guitar and he's just a really helpful, friendly guy who's always got the time of day for you with music related questions and stuff like that. So big shout out to Blackstone Music. As I said, it's in Heskin Shopping Village. Go and have a look at it. It's got they've got some great stuff there and some great service. Back to the episode. Right. Hello, welcome back to the One More Songcast. We're into part two. So, Justin, you, you're now getting into your sort of mid twenties, early twenties. Mm -hmm. um, how did it change from from being in these bands and, and gigging to then going onto some of the bigger stages that you managed to get to? <coughs> well, I think um, what, what happened is I was I was in. Um, I played in Preston in a, in, a, in a band called The Commitments. So the, the Commandments actually there was Commandments. ten of us in the band, but we oh, were wow. a Commitments tribute band. And uh, so I was playing a lot more in Preston and that. And then there was uh, there's a lad Gary Gibson who who uh, he's from Preston, and uh, the bass player Chris, a mate of mine, uh, had, had seen me playing, and they were looking for a keyboard player for, for a Beatles tribute sort of band. I thought, well, well, that's all right, mm. you know, you know. But I was busy at the time. I was doing duos and doing yeah. other things at the time. And he rung me up and sort of by the end of the conversation, he sort of convinced me that, that, <laughs> that this would be a really good thing, you know, it'd be, it'd be good to do. Because they, they, they had good work and they, they had work abroad and they were doing in like little tours here and there. They, yeah. like, they were going to Israel and Brazil and all sorts of things. And it was like really exciting. So sort of. I thought it was really sort of exciting. So... Um, I literally spent weeks just learning Beatles stuff, all keyboard parts and stuff like that. And uh, and then the first gig, the first gig I did, one of the first gigs I did with them was at the uh, the uh, Beatles convention in Liverpool, right. International Beatles convention. Uh, in and uh, that would be about nineteen ninety seven, something like that. Uh, and then it went, and that's really where where it started, where we were doing like sort of theatres, started doing theatres and travelling abroad a lot and, and I was into, I'm into travelling, I love travelling, you know. Yeah. So um, that's pretty much where it, where it sort of started, where it's sort of getting involved in the Beatles sort of stuff yeah. and Liverpool and, and the Cavern Club and that. So were you mm. full-time before this? As yeah, yeah, I was. Yeah. I, I was. I was um, uh, pretty much doing a bit of teaching, mainly gigging uh, and that. And uh, so, yeah, mm. I, it probably started when I, you know, in in the nineties, really. When when I going back to when we started doing that, the ten night runs and that, 
and then I did uh, in '93. I think I did uh, some work on a, on a Stena Cruise uh, the summer season. That so it was sort of seasonal work, yeah. you know, that I'd been doing. Then '96, like I said, I'd done press acting and that. And so yeah, it was it, it was good to do, and it was it was. I, I, we had a laugh Absolutely, it was a good band yeah. it was good yeah. fun you know so obviously you get presented with that prospect was it I suppose you've got plenty of experience behind it at this point was it a daunting prospect or were you just like oh wow this is no, exciting no I was like how old would I be there 27 I was like yeah. well into it you know it wasn't daunting I was like you know I'd done all rehearsed we'd rehearsed all the bits done all the bits and about learning curve as well as, yeah. as, as everything is you know as yeah. you, but it was great just just really enjoyed it yeah, you know? yeah. so so the, the band were called the anthology of the beatles uh yeah 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 it was the anthology of the beatles and uh, and so basically we 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 had um we had a john lennon lookalike and uh gary gibson and, and we had a paul mccartney lookalike lawrence, lawrence gilmore and we went out with that sort of um idea that was and it was around the time when the anthology albums had come out uh, but it was it was like imagine what it would be like if Lennon McCartney got together what sort of yeah. set they put together so it was with that sort of loose sort of idea really. yeah yeah and we'd, we were doing theatres and that but when we did we did uh, I think we did three three weeks in Elat uh, and they were good that was it every night and we were doing stuff like what the Beatles did in the ham from the Hamburg mm. set, you know, and it really also we could we could be a lot more flexible, Definitely, you know. Yeah, yeah. Doing so do you remember that very first um, gig with the, the Beatles with the anthology? Was it was it a big big gig? Because I remember. Yes. Yeah, you can check these out on YouTube, and we'll put them in the description. Um, there's some pretty big stages that you played on. Yeah, this, the first the first gig I did was was the Liverpool convention, and that was for me a little bit daunting because I know that like all oh, your Liverpool fans are there mm. uh, your Beatle fans are there and, and you want to get everything yeah. spot on as best you can so I do remember that I remember being nervous for that but then we, we do like sort of festivals 60s festivals and all over like Germany and Denmark and Sweden Sweden we did a couple of times and they were they were, they were good they were big big sort of stages and yeah. big sort of like uh, arenas some of them you know absolutely yeah how did you find the differences between the crowds in it, uh, from country to country is it all quite similar they're all just sort of screaming at you or uh, pretty much yeah uh, certainly certainly the Beatles conventions that we've done that we played at was they were all they were, they were all really, well they're friendly everyone's the, 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 they like that sort of thing in the 60s everybody's liking all that sort of vibe you know so mm. I thought that, 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 you know, and I think especially because if you go if you go abroad, because you've gone to the country, say wherever, they're really welcoming you. Thank, yeah. thank you for coming over and all yeah. that. So we really got treated really well wherever we went. Mm. You know, I imagine that boosted you as a mu- as sort of being tight as a musician because obviously when you're p- playing in duos, you can put your own spin on things. But when it's the Beatles, it's and it's a tribute and a big tribute. It's all got to be exact. Hasn't yeah, it? was it, that quite uh, the, the difficult to it. get right? Uh, well, we we. The band that was in then, and, and and subsequently the Rockets, we were all quite. We, we wanted everything. To, we, we tried. We were all aware of each other's parts. Mm. So we we we'd made a, 
you know, a real conscious effort to get our bits as, as best as we yeah. could, you know. Yeah. So we were, we've always been self-disciplined. Like Definitely. That. I think you have to be. Really. People watch tributes with a critical eye, don't they? Because oh, it's yeah, like, yeah. you know, they, they, you've got to look the part, you've got to sound exactly like it, all the instrumentation's got to be spot on. So, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a tough one, but uh, I imagine very rewarding as well. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so obviously... If you go and check those videos out, and the John Lennon tributes and the Paul McCartney's, the, the voices are just incredibly. Yeah. Like, how do you, how do you like? I mean, obviously you weren't the singer, but to get the voices spot on is it's it's a talent in itself. We had we had a guest on a couple of weeks ago, and uh, bless you, she said she didn't really like tributes, did she mm. and stuff? But I think it's actually the talent in it is is uh, it's a different ball game, isn't it? But like to get it spot on, it's it's some. Yeah, you, you, you've got to really work on the harmonies, yeah. get the harmonies right, you know, and there's, there's, um, there's a lot, I, I remember a few a, a few years ago, with the Rockets, not so much with the anthology of the Beatles, but we did, uh, again, we did the Beatles convention, and we had to do, we had to do an album, all the bands that were there had to do an album, either one of the Beatles albums or something by one of the individual, you know. As the gig, you had to go through the album. Yes, yeah, the, yeah. so we had to recreate the full right. album. So, we, you know, right. some people will play McCartney albums, some would do Ringo albums. Um, so we said, oh, oh can we, this is going to be difficult. So we thought we'd do, right, look, we'd do Hard Day's Night. Can't be that tricky, that, because, you know, there's a lot harder albums than Hard Day's Night. But actually, when we come to sit down and do it and look at all the parts and all the different instruments on it, get every bit right, it, it took a bit of work, you yeah. know, get the harmonies right. And yeah. that, you know, it was, it was good to do. I bet, yeah. But to do it right, you know, it's... It, yeah. it, it, do you find, did you find the tone of your instrument had to be bang on as well, or was it not... Were you downloading certain sounds for your keys and well, stuff again, like that? Well, again, that's part of it, isn't it? Mm. You know, getting the getting the sounds around and, and things like that. Like we had, um, we had our playing uh, uh, like a classical um, electro classical guitar on a couple of songs. Yeah. And, you know, getting the little wood blocks on. I had to, some bongos and even tuning the bongos, <laughs> which you probably. Rose yeah. keyboard sounds and everything. Yeah, well, yeah, not so much on our days night, but certainly, certainly some of some of the later mm. stuff and that definitely some of that Billy Preston stuff and all that. Yeah. Yeah. So talk us through the some of those big gigs that you always talk about going to Germany, going to Sweden, going to all these. What, what's it actually like to stand up on a stage and 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 actually like experience all that? What what's going through your head at that point? Are you worried? Do your hands start to go to jelly a bit? What's it? What's uh, when you're waiting to go on? Yeah, yeah. it's it, it's like right. You know, like you're waiting in the wings and and, and and you're watching and you're seeing the crowd. And, and all, what 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 we used to do is we used to go out if we were on later on. We'd always go out in the crowd and get a feel for it, mm. get, get a good feel for it, you know. But I'd always be nervous, like waiting to go on. That's like the worst part. But once once we're on, we'd we'd be on it, like you know. Mm. And then you're worrying about is the sound going to be right? Yeah. That's that's was the, was the main concern. Yeah. Is it's the sounds because sometimes if the sound was off. Yeah. It can be a bit off-putting, you know. I suppose going from gig to gig, you've got a different sound engineer every night as well, aren't yeah, you? So we're some uh, better than others it. and that kind of thing. And it's like, yeah, yeah. Some pla- some it's not down to you, I suppose, though, is it? But yeah, you know, yeah it's some, a tricky one. Some, some places were, but generally the, the, the bigger gigs, when they were, they were set up, they were set up really well, you mm. know. So once all that's, once you've got on and once you know your sound, you, you're comfortable with the sound you have. It was great, just really, yeah, we really enjoyed yeah. it, and then you, you get through it, and then it, it goes really quickly. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, I remember doing one gig with a monitor engineer, 
and that's just the best like that was the yeah, best i've yeah. never had a sound as good since it's <laughs> yeah, like it's just nothing could, yeah oh, so right. someone was on stage actually just yeah. doing the sound check for the monitors right, and just yeah. that's solely right. doing that yeah so like you all of a sudden you hear everything <laughs> No other gig I've never been able to hear as well again at a gig. That's like, it, yeah. I'm guessing with those stages, you're regularly working with those people. Absolutely, you just you just nod over to the side mm. and, and they're on it, you know. That, yeah. and, it, and that is, that's a lot, that's a lot better, so, you know. Obviously, it's, going it's, from gigs like that back into the cavern where you maybe don't have that or smaller clubs, how do you find the transition even to this day? Well, well in cavern, we have, a, we have an out front engineer and they're really good, the, the, the guys that do the sound. Uh, the sound on stage, well I've started using in-ears now, mm. so my sound's always the same, um, and it, it was a bit, I wasn't, at first I wasn't 100%, but I've got used to it now, and I like it now, mm. so I've got, I've got used to my own sound, yeah, you know, yeah. um, at Cavern, but it, 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 before that, before lockdown really, was, we, we were using the, the, the on-stage monitor, and it was just a bit noisy, you know, and it, <laughs> Bit noisy, but obviously on the bit on the bigger stage, it's not so much noisy, is it? You no, know, it's just no. you hear things nice. But on the smaller stages, if, if everyone wants to be louder Definitely. than everybody else, mm. it gets yeah. hard work. You know, hundred percent. So how long did that span for the anthology, and how did it how did it sort of end? As well. Um, well, it, it kind of fizzled out. We, 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 I joined the band originally. They were called Cavern, really, and the, the, the Cavern Beatles are still going actually. Yeah. Um, I think I joined in 97, they'd been going well before then, uh, and I think it sort of fizzled out for us in around about 2001, 2002, we, gigs got less and less, mm. and then me and the bass player Chris, we, we started off doing our own projects, doing, um, I think we were doing a duo on a trio at that time for, nice, nice. for a good few years, and then we started working with a guy, Tony Skeggs. Um, around about early 2000 who I'm working with now at the cavern um, but yeah so it's sort of like things transition from yeah. one thing to another yeah. you know and that's that's how it's it's, yeah. it's not like something stopped and then you're starting doing something yeah else I get you yeah, yeah. was it like the passion maybe of doing the same thing for five years it just kind of sort of drained out of you in a way or I think so for us yeah and, and we were doing sort of less gigs and um so we just me, me, me and Chris, the bass player, we just decided, right, let, let's let's carry on, let's keep this, but do more '60s stuff. Mm. And, mm. and we were doing a bit of all sorts, really, yeah. in, in the duo. And uh, and then, like I say, we were working with this guy Tony uh, in a band called the Hot Dogs, '60s '60s band, and that was through the 2000s, and then uh, uh, and then around about. 2010 that's when Chris and Mark Mikey the drummer they formed uh, they formed the Rockets really which yeah. was a 60s band so again that was a, a sort of transition yeah. I sort of joined them the year about 2011 something yeah, like that yeah. so, we'll yeah. move on to the Rockets because I've, I've, I've been to see the Rocket, your, your Rockets right. band a few oh, times right. um, uh, about probably about well over 10 years ago I'd say yeah. um, but my granddad liked coming to watch them as well so um, let's talk about the TV appearances as well as before we move on from the anthology. Right. Um, so the TV stuff, what was that like as an experience? Uh, we, we talked off camera about it was slightly behind with the live as well, wasn't it? So you get to go and watch the live version of it straight after you've yeah, done it. Yeah, well, we did, we, we did a few, to be honest. We did, we did the first time we, the first time I went on TV, we went into, Bra we were in Brazil actually, mm. on the, the TV station Global TV. And... Um, 
we didn't know this at the time and so the, the, we thought it, we were going on to do a radio interview we didn't even know it was TV oh, wow. it was just that like we, yeah. you know we didn't sort of un- understand that it was sort of lost in translation see, what we were doing so we turned up at the studio and it was one of the it was a selling channel they were selling John Lennon CDs uh. you know um, but uh, we had a word with, with the guy who were presenting it and it was, but they'd no piano and it was like all acoustic you know so the, the, the drummer were playing bongos and I had a tambourine and <laughs> bass player had like his sort of acoustic bass and that and uh, we were selling John Lennon CDs and we were saying like, like can we not do Imagine and we were doing stuff like <laughs> I saw her standing there and oh, stuff right. like that it, it was really so <laughs> that was that was the first the first one we did but we did sort of TFI Friday yeah that was good in 1999 uh, was, that, was that what was on the YouTube as well then I think quite I think a big so show, there's, yeah there's Chris Evans yeah that's right yeah I think Chris Evans had done some it was an advert that was going on around the late 90s if you could have a one I think it was a like a telephone company if you if you could have a one-to-one with someone who and they had different stars on and celebrities again and uh chris evans said I, I, if i could have a one-to-one it would be with john lennon this right. so gary was doing like the, the john lennon sort of part you know right. and he was so like taken aback with me he, he, he invited him on the, the week after onto the show and then he would say like oh then he invited the whole band right, on yeah after that so we did that but we went down the day before because it was live to run through everything and you know because on the stage it was like it was in the round the stage and there was three bands on and so they moved the audience around but every band were live mm. so they had to get the sound right and everything and get getting yeah right. and then when we did it on the friday um it was recorded live but it, but it wasn't broadcast live it was broadcast about an hour or two after I think, yeah. I think they used to broadcast it live but someone swore on it was it Bez or someone <laughs> someone had swore on it I think it was Bez surprised me to be fair so they said right right we can't we can't uh, we can't do it so and that was great so we, we sort of recorded it did it and uh, and then afterwards we go went across t- to the pub you know yeah. Chris Evans came over and and, and all the, the you know the, the people there came over and watched watched it watched it live. Was that, that a bit that, surreal to watch yourself? Yeah, well, that. it's cool. Yeah, well, it was good. It was just yeah. just buzzing, you know. Absolutely. Did Chris Evans buy your pint afterwards? <laughs> well, we we actually we found out where we were going. He, he, he was going to uh, a place in Turks Edding. Kensington and Archbridge Kensington I think you went so we, we all went to this pub afterwards and we, you know it was just really really yeah. good you mm. know I bet I bet yeah so is there a lot more that goes into the TV production side of things that you don't even think about when you well it, it, it's surprising actually because when we when we got there on the Thursday we were set up and we, we did our thing but they were so busy Chris they had this it was a Christmas it was Christmas time 1999 and, and and Chris Evans had this thing that they wanted to do which was to go outside of the Riverside Studios and it was like a house mm. basically and they wanted this this lead to come out it's like a fuse that was going to blow up a Christmas pudding uh. and they must have spent oh an hour or two just trying to get the timer down they couldn't get the timer down because they had to do it in something like 15 seconds I remember watching them thinking, putting a lot of work yeah. into this and they couldn't get the fuse time to go down in time to blow up oh, this Christmas pudding so they just ditched it oh and right just and they spent all that time yeah, yeah for, wow. for like a, a 30 second segment they, just, yeah. they spent ages on it and they ended up ditching it yeah. so it was interesting to see that sort yeah, of thing I bet, I bet, yeah. when we come to do it on the on, on the on the Friday though and it, it sort of runs smoothly because they'd been through it and been through everything so they 
posted it, so yeah. record it live. You know? We definitely encourage you to watch them videos as well because I couldn't believe the sheer size of the, of the crowd and they all had the lighters on and stuff, didn't they, with the anthology? Oh, there's, yeah, there's, there's one in, in, in Germany, the yeah. Stuttgart one. Oh, yeah. Is that, yeah. yeah, that's. Stuttgart. And he come out with his like peace jacket on, didn't he, mm. John Lennon? And uh, yeah, yeah, it was cool. Um, so how did that coincide with your gig with the Monkeys then it, it, during that time? So what happened? That, 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 I mean, that's going back to like 2000, that really. So um, that was all within that same time no, period, I mean, or just the, a little the, bit the, after. The, so I'm, we're, we're moving ahead now. Yeah. The, the, um, we're going into the Rockets when when right, okay. working with okay. the Rockets, we, and, and we uh, sort of started our um, residency at the Cavern in around about 2011, I think it was 2012, 2011, and we were at the resident band on a Friday, and. Um, the, for, for Liverpool Beetle Week, they used to they'd bring um, they'd always have a, someone who, who was related to the Beatles or some some, some big act really yeah. to, to sort of headline it. You know? mm. And um, the first the first one I did was back 2014. It was Chris Montez who did Let's Dance, you know, yeah. the song Let's Dance, and he always used to tour with Tommy Rowe, and they come over and there was a band called the Shakers that backed that backed them. But they didn't have a keyboard player, so they, they asked me, and, and 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 I did the gig, and it was great. But what the thing with um, Chris Montez and Tommy Raw, they always gig together. But the first time the Beatles went over to America in 1964, I think it was January 64, they were headlining the bill. Tom, um, Chris uh, Montez and Tommy Raw were headlining the bill. And the right. Beatles on say, and then halfway through the through the tour, the the, the Beatles had got that <laughs> massive. They had to switch switch round. <laughs> So then uh, what happened is uh, Chris Montez and Tommy Rowe came over to England in that summer and they, and then they were on the same bill as the Beatles. Right, so yeah. that was like the, the nice. thing. The link. When did you very first gig at the Cavern then? Um, was that, I'm, try, I'm trying to piece it all together, you know. Okay, um, so yeah, so probably it would be with, with hot dogs. We were going back again uh, in the 2000s, around about 2007 or 8. Right, so this, like, this oh, is after the episode, it was anthology, then moving on to then moving the Cavern on with, and the Rockets. Yeah, it, it, and um, before, in between the anthology, we, we was in a band called The Hot Dogs with Tony Skeggs, and everyone was still working with me now, and then was the Rockets but throughout that I was working with, with Chris my mate yeah. Chris Grinrod bass player yeah and um, and we were sort of together working together throughout that yeah absolutely sort of, sort of period you know? yeah yeah so was there a bit of a uh, not a down period but obviously you'd gone from being in the anthology then there was a little bit of a gap then in between you, the cavern and the rockets was that a bit of a down period for you or, or was there always stuff going on and no there was always stuff going yeah, on yeah. always really yeah I mean when Chris and I went when when we finished when we not we were working with the anthology anymore and that basically ended then really mm. um <clears throat> we sort of wanted to do something else and we started we did we, we got a duo together really and we, we were sort of putting backing tracks together and then we, we were sort of wanted to keep keep it going you know sort of thing and uh and sort of then that's when that transitioned into sort of uh the hot dogs, you know, yeah. with Tony Skeggs, who, who we'd met Tony Skeggs, funnily enough, 
uh, a few years earlier in Sweden when right. we were with the anthology at Beatles. Ah, okay, so that's, okay. that's, yeah, yeah. there's a lot, you know. It's, yeah. It's, uh, so just just before we, we we move on to the next segment, we'll we'll talk more about the experiences in the cavern and the rockets and where, where you've gone from then. What what did you get to see? You said you liked to travel. Did you get to see a lot of these places you were going to, or or was it sort of in and out and you were, um, you know? Well, yeah. I, when we were in Ilat. We stayed there for three weeks. We did that twice. That was great. Enjoyed that. We went to Brazil three times, or well, four times now, but three times in that time. And we, we were over there for eight eight nights each time, a couple mm. of gigs each time. Brazil was great. Rio. Yeah. Really, really enjoyed that. Yeah. But sometimes we'd do gigs sort of... Um, if we were in Sweden, for instance, we'd get up in the morning, get the first flight out, mm. do the gig at night, and then get the following day the first flight back yeah. so you wouldn't really see much of Sweden apart from the airport and the, yeah, yeah. And the icy roads <laughs> <laughs> you know. just feel the weather that's it yeah, you know. so sometimes for some of them gigs it uh, excuse me you wouldn't sort of see much of the country yeah. but so were all these bands after the anthology were they all sort of covers and 60s stuff uh, or yeah. is it or is it? Did you ever chuck in a few of your own? Did you ever do a bit of writing? Or uh, no, not uh, not not from really from that point. It no. was all sixties, all covers, and covers. and, and uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Good stuff. We'll should we take a quick break there. I think through that. We don't want to over. Yeah, we'll have a very quick break and then we'll move on to Justin's experiences with the cavern and the rockets moving forward as well, and, and some of his guitar tuition as well. So uh, yeah, see you shortly. Thank you. Hello, it's me. Preston's biggest dick, and I'm not talking about my attitude problem. Help! I need somebody! Well, Tony at Timpan Alley Guitars helps. He's very good for your services, setups, part replacement, and much, much more. I've had many of my guitars fixed by Tony, just from his house in his little workshop, and he does a fantastic job. So... To find out more about it, go onto Tony's Facebook page, Tony Helps, or type in Tin Pan Alley Guitars on Facebook, and you will see the range of guitars that Tony has fixed and also put together himself. He also does charity auctions to raffle off guitars that he has fixed up, all for good causes. So, without further ado, go and check him out. Back to the episode. Right, hello, welcome back to One More Songcast, our third and final part of the episode. So, Justin, we've moved on from the anthology of the Beatles. Where was your career as a musician? Where did that Where did that go after that, then? Uh, well, um, that's when I started teaching as well. Yeah. Uh, started Well, I was private teaching then, then I started at a music school in Chorley. Uh, and then I was, I was obviously still gigging, predominantly gigging, really. Uh, right through the 2000s uh, and then 2010, 2011 that's when I started with the Rockets and yeah. we were doing that so. Cool, cool, so we'll talk about your teaching a little bit then so it was a, was it a Poco music weren't it? In, that's just where down I first started, yeah, yeah, Mark and Kath um, they wanted, they were looking uh, for a keyboard teacher and guitar teacher um, to do grades and that, yeah, you know, yeah. so that's what that's what I was, I was teaching, yeah. which I still am doing. You know, yeah, yeah. You know, but so how did that coincide with your gigs? Then was it quite a smooth transition, or was there well, a lot of prep that, and stuff? That yeah, you... I did that sort of weekly. I mean, ideally, um, 
it, it would be Saturdays really, mm. but I, I, I said I, I don't want to teach Saturdays because it's because I'm I'm gigging Friday, Saturday, Sunday yeah. as well at the, at that time. So I managed to do it uh, sort of through the week really, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays. Uh, evenings which really worked well and then I worked in the shop as well I did one day a week in the oh, shop right, which I really okay, enjoyed yeah. that I really yeah. enjoyed yeah, yeah I nice. enjoyed that yeah. nice. I suppose you have a lot of knowledge on equipment and everything so it was quite yeah. a smooth for that as well yeah, what yeah. were your sales techniques like <laughs> that take a while <laughs> uh, well, or do you yeah, not want to give away your secrets yeah, <laughs> no secrets really you know. so um, so moving on to the rockets then or, or so did it go Cavern then Rockets or um, how did that how did that come about? Yeah, basically we we we, um, we started at the Cavern with the Rockets in 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 2011. We we played at um, we did start doing the Beatles conventions with yeah. the Rockets and Julia Bird souls. She she's one of the directors. John Lennon's sister yeah. Julia Bird, and uh, she saw us and uh, really enjoyed us and, and and sort of wanted us to start. Um, Playing there on the Fridays, every Fridays we started doing it yeah. first uh, from 2011, and, and then around about 2014, 15, we started doing Sundays at the Cavern Pub across the road, mm. and then we then we started doing Sundays, Fridays, and Sundays at the Cavern Club. Yeah. Um, I bet that was a. Obviously, you've had big experiences, but I bet that was quite um, exciting to get like basically residency or regular gigs there because it's such a great venue, especially if you're a Beatles lover as well. Oh, it's just, brilliant! And yeah. every night, even now, I mean, I've been there twelve years now. It's it, it's the audience just hasn't mm. changed at all. You know, well, we got a bit younger as I've got yeah. older, maybe, <laughs> or maybe it's me getting older. Do you notice that then? There's still, but, there's still a younger audience oh, yeah, coming to watch yeah, the Beatles. It, and it's stuff, surprising. Yeah. It's like, and they know all the lyrics as well. You yeah, know, they're, yeah. They're really, they're really on it. You know, so it's, it's really got a good vibe. Yeah. Because we fear this, or I fear this. It's like in 20 years' time, what's what's people going to be wanting to listen to in pubs? But it's encouraging to know that there are people, there are younger people going to watch Beatles. Yeah, and, and obviously. Influenced by the parents and yeah. what they're listening to as well, and, and, and that you know, and all that. Chris Healy said something. He said, "Yeah, he, he said there won't be a scene in, in, in about twenty years." But he, he also yeah. said um, that, like he said, the music from our generation is coming full circle. Yeah. So you're getting, you're starting to get a few more guitar bands come through. Hmm? They're maybe not hitting the charts, but they're they're on the underside of it. But they're popular enough that kids are going back and listening to sort of like 90s and yeah, all yeah, that sort of uh, thing so it comes around full circle in that, in that respect yeah, yeah music does I so you're fully fully establishing yourself in the cavern um how did then the gig with the with the monkeys come about and uh, what was that experience like yeah so um what happened with mickey dolan's the monkeys were, were were doing a world tour in 2016 okay and uh, they had a single called You Bring the Summer as well, actually, out, written by Andy Partridge of XTC, brilliant songwriter. And they were on tour, but they had a break in August, uh, which is when the Beatles convention is in Liverpool. So the cavern booked Mickey DeLenz to just come down uh, with Wayne Avers, which is the, the monkey's like, he's the guitarist, mm. like the musical director, Wayne. A really, really great guitarist. And uh, so the cavern booked those to come down, but they wanted a band to, um, you know, to, to, to back him really. So um, they, they asked us and we, we were like thrilled with it. And this was like January, in the January before the August. So we, we did a lot of work with Rockets. We did, you know, getting everything, learning everything. And, and they said to us, we were in contact like we were. And he said, well, just don't learn, the, don't learn the songs as they are. Just 
learn them as we do them live because mm. they've changed a bit yeah. over the years you know they're not we so so we had to learn them how they did them live so we studied like a lot of the uh, the videos and that and then um they came over um three days before what what we did we we played at the philharmonic we had a we had a show at the philharmonic theater in liverpool uh and then we had a i think it was the monday i'm sure it was the monday we did a matinee show and then an evening show mm. in the cavern live lounge which is the back room oh yeah yeah uh and that was the main show but like three days before wayne came over and he, we we spent three days in rehearsal nice literally almost full days really but certainly long sessions really going through all the set making sure everything were all right because a lot of the songs had segues and And then on third day Mickey DeLentz came in and we were all like Bit in awe of where you were then, yeah. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, he's like, so nice, nice, you know. So we're a bit nervous. Like Wayne's like, these guys are okay. They're, you know, it's all right. They were all right. So the first three songs were sort of segued, you know, one, two, and three without a break, basically. So we're playing and we're nervous and we're like, so it wasn't like we did one song and then waited to see his reaction. We had to go through this 10 minutes. <laughs> and then we finished and, and, uh, and Mickey Delane's turning because he goes, hey, you guys are pretty good. Uh-huh. You know, that sort of really brought the ass yeah. like, oh, And then we, we chatted normal and it was just like being in a rehearsal room with, with anyone. Really, yeah, absolutely, you know? yeah. Wow. And the, gig, the gigs were great. They were really, really hot. It was really hot gigs. So but, how but many gigs did you do with, uh, with the Monkeys and where, where were the gigs uh, in the show? Uh, the, there was a Philharmonic, uh, Philharmonic Theatre, um, and then we did, a, we, I think we did two shows. We, we did two shows at the Cavern of Matinee and an evening show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and that was it, really. You know, it was, and it was all over the space of, of a weekend. Yeah, You know, cool. the, the bank holiday at the end of August. I bet the attendance was that was was pretty big as well. Yeah, it yeah. was. It was absolutely rammed, and it yeah. was. It's on you. It's on YouTube. Right, you know, okay. You can, you, you, you can we'll go, put the link down there on for YouTube. people to watch as well. Yeah, yeah the whole absolutely. gig's on there, and it's it's, it's quite good actually. Wicked, I wicked. think the description in this video is just going to be link after link yeah. after link. <laughs> isn't it? So was there any, so, was there anything he shared, he shared with you that that the you, you remember or any sort of I don't know advice or experience that sticks with you that he, he obviously had chats uh, well we did yeah I mean we, 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 we had time for a bit of chats we weren't we weren't nervous really mm. uh, uh, the guitarist he, he, he was uh, he showed me how to play um, what's that one I can't remember What's the name of the song? I can't think of the name of the song. It's, it's, it's a monkey song with a, a really good guitar riff. Okay, yeah. Uh, Pleasant Valley Sunday, I think. It's okay. Pleasant Valley Sunday that's got this like... Right, yeah, yeah. And uh, it was short, it was... Because I'd started playing it, he says, no, you play it like this. You know? <laughs> so it was like little bits like that, which I'm really chuffed. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and that. Uh, well, Mickey were great, but we didn't really spend a lot of time yeah. together. Because he, he, he was staying in the hard days night, and he, he, he literally he couldn't walk down... Matthew Street without somebody yeah. stopping him all yeah. the time yeah. so he kind of tended to stay in his room really, right, you know, yeah, which, yeah. Which, but well, that was good do you think did you think when, when he was showing you these bits were they had you sort of sometimes when you're listening to things it sounds like a lot it's a lot harder than it is 
So, had you, is, was it one of those where you'd sort of learnt it the hard way rather than actually it being well, simple, or was it the other way? Yeah, funny enough, when, when he kind of showed it because it's a lot of picking, and I mm. thought, yeah, that feels easier. That, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> you know, it feels a lot easier. Uh, so I was chuffed about that. But when we were in rehearsals, he, he, he was pointing out little bits in songs that were there, and you're thinking, oh yeah, there's that little bit there, and there's, there's all, especially with a keyboard playing, mm. there's a lot. of... You might not think it, but there's a lot of keyboard parts mm. in there to remember, you know. There's a lot of little bits to remember. Absolutely. And it's not so much the playing or the learning of the parts, it's just remembering, oh, yeah, there's a bit here, there's a, there's a little brass bit, there's a flute bit here, there's, yeah. you know, all these little bits that you yeah. try to remember. But uh, so it was good that uh, that, they, that way and was showing us those little bits as well. So It's like those videos where you watch um, producers of the songs like take the song apart and they say, so yeah, we just did this bit here and here's the vocals without the double track. And you don't, you don't realise what like differences, these tiny little bits, these three note mm. passages in one section of a song. Yeah. You don't realise what difference it makes and how it fills the song out. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's that, al that album shows great. You know, yeah. a few of those. Have you seen some of the Paul McCartney dissections on some of the Beatles songs? No, I've not seen them. They, they put it all on like a basically like a mixing desk, and they bring bits in, and it's mm. like bits you don't even really hear, and there's yeah. solo, and it's cool. Yeah, yeah it's wicked. Um, so. Obviously, after that, then the the Rockets um, was formed. So, could you talk a little bit about the Rockets? Was it exclusively Beatles? Was it just sixties? Uh, uh, no, I mean we we were a sixties band, um, and and uh, I suppose a remit, if you will, not so much a remit. But when we when we played at the Cavern, it was mainly mainly sixties bands that are played at the Cavern. You know, yeah. so you got the you got the Who. You know, Stones, obviously the Beatles, Hollies, you know, all these sort of bands. Yeah. The Hollies actually went, went after after the Beatles finished their residency. 1963 was it was the Hollies that took over the residency right, the right. oh I see so, so, they, so when they, after they moved on yeah. right yeah and yeah. we do stuff like I mean even even more modern stuff now what what, what we're doing now you, you you've got um, uh, well, you've got Queen, they, they played down there, yeah. and then the Coral, bands like the yeah, Coral, yeah, Adele's yeah. played down there. You see all the names on the bricks, don't you, for um, yeah, they, they, played they, there's a lot, isn't there? Every, every, every Arctic so often, Monkeys, they keep, seen, yeah, Arctic yeah, Monkeys yeah. played there, yeah, 2000 and, yeah. and everywhere, yeah. Yeah, they even get, um, like, undiscovered, like, I, I think, bands, yeah. you know, local bands. I know Dave there. Monks does a bit, doesn't he? Right. Um, there's someone that runs an open mic uh, on a Monday, like, oh, every, yeah. religiously every Monday, but you've got to get there really early to get on. That's at the Cavern Pub, is it? Yeah, the and then yeah. they've got... Yeah, that's true. Then Dave Monks from Radio Merseyside, um, he puts on he puts on his favourite bands from the BBC oh, introducing right. Merseyside yeah, yeah. as well. Um, when I was in the area, I never managed to get on it quite uh, for whatever reason. Um, but a few of my mates have played there and they just said, you don't realise, like what that stage is like until you actually get in there it's yeah. it's just something else yeah yeah what the cavern club the, 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 the cavern club the, yeah the club stage yeah they, they, there's two there's when you go in the front stage is, is the arch where mm. and then the backstage is is, is the, the bigger one really it's, mm. and it's it's like when they have the, the bigger bands on that's where they, they play in the you know and the events are in the back mm. room you know but yeah it's it's like certainly the the arch where it's a very small sort mm -hmm. sort of you, it's really you you really on the audience is on top of you sort of yeah thing. yeah but it's yeah, yeah it's wicked it's an experience 
So um, with the rockets, so um, that's sort of how I first heard about you. you. You, I remember you being in the in the suits and, um, right, yeah. and stuff like that. So I've noticed you you play you're playing in just local pubs, and then I've seen obviously on YouTube and stuff you've been on quite big stages of the rockets as well, haven't you? Yeah. Well, we we went to. Um in 2013 and 2015, we went over to America, which, which played it's uh, Abbey Road on the River, ah. it's called, which is the, the biggest Beatles sort of convention in America. Right, it's yeah. in Louisville, Kentucky. Ah. Um, so we went there in 2013, and they, there were some big stages there, the main stage there. We played on the main stage there. That was great. And, 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 and again, the people, were, the Americans just loved us. Just yeah. Because, like, just because we're from the UK, really. Yeah, yeah. They, you know, I don't think many. So they don't really, they haven't had many UK bands over there at Abbey Road on the river. Yeah. So we, we went down an absolute storm and we were doing like, uh, the, you know, all the Kinks, the Who, the Stone, yeah. the Beals, all that sort of British sort of invasion, 60s sort of stuff. And, uh, and it was great. But we also, we went, um, after we did that, we went on a went on a bit of a road trip. Actually, we went down to uh, Nashville, went mm. through Nashville nice. to the sites, and we also went to um, and again, it's only about another three hundred miles. We went to Memphis, mm. you know. And we we went to some studios, and we actually booked a recording session oh, in some wow. studios. Wow! So what um, did you record? Well, we did. We basically we bu- we booked it for two hours, and it wasn't that it wasn't that expensive with an engineer. Right, yeah. We just did two hours. I think we went. We just blitzed through the set. About twenty songs. We recorded twenty songs, and they recorded it. You know, just sort of analog or as as they would have done. Yeah. Oh, so it was all done in the old school. Mm. Yeah. 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 And, oh, and, nice. and we did like the post production back back in England, but we actually recorded everything. Oh, there. Yeah. 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 It, it was quite. It was an experience because during the day there. Up until about six o'clock, it's it's tourists, you know, mm. tourists go and uh, and you you know you pay so much, and, and then after six o'clock it becomes, you know, yeah. a working studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so did you go? Did you go through like an like an eight? How did that opportunity come up to go around America? Was it just people you knew, or was it an agency? Yeah, or? I mean, we were invited uh, by by the organisers on Abbey Road on, on the river. They'd obviously they knew that we were the resident yeah. band at the cabinet, you know, and. Um, so yeah, that came about, and we, we did it in 2013, and I, and I did it with it. I think they've done it a couple of times since, but I, I went over again in 2015. Yeah, with, yeah. with them to do it again, nice, and nice. I really enjoyed enjoyed yeah. that. You know, it's good. And it's, what's the what? So obviously you've been, you've been around a lot of places as we've learned. What is is there one particular moment? It might have even been a conversation with somebody. It might have been just a a gig. That is it. Is it? What's the standout thing if you could look back and and go. That was that was the best moment for me. Like, what I, would it well, be? I, I think the Mickey Delens yeah. monkeys one definitely uh, because I think we all actually played well as well. You yeah, know, we, helps. <laughs> we really nailed it, and we, we all felt good about that gig. You know, if we if we did not felt good about it, it might have been a bit deflated. Yeah. But yeah, that that's probably what, what, one of the main absolutely absolutely things, and I'm really proud of that. I really really enjoyed yeah, bet, doing bet. that. You know, how do you how do you cope with going from these big occasions to then come in and play in locally somewhere and we'll talk a little bit about yourself so the rockets um sort of came to an end after lockdown you were saying and then you started yeah, to branch basically. out into solo work yes so yeah. um obviously you've, you've played in duos and bands all, all your life 
I've I've been to you in the market alehouse before, which you would you were with your keyboard That's and right, playing the guitar. Yeah, yeah. Um, how how you find how do you find that solo experience? Me and Lee do a lot of solo work. I, I've I've only really ever known just going out on my own. <clears throat> how does that compare? And uh, what are the pros and cons do you think? Well, it's it, it's um, it's certainly learning, and, and and again, it's it's you. you for me, when I started doing now, I'm going out. You're going outside your comfort zone. Yeah. For, for one thing, and uh, like I say, me and Chris used to do the, used to do the duo on that, and 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 that's that's great because you you can bounce off one another mm. like we, like we were mm. saying earlier. Uh, but when you go out on your own, you're like, you like you, it's, it's it can be a bit lonely. You, yeah. you, you, you know, you, you, a bit more self conscious maybe as well. Or yeah. It's all on, it's yeah. All on you, Everything you do is like oh, all yeah. Tom and Russ. You, you choose your songs. <laughs> you, you know, you you, you you do your best. I've, you know, touch wood. I've not really had touch wood. I've not really had a bad uh, yeah. solo gig. Yeah. Uh, but then again, I've, I, I go out as just doing mainly sixties and, yeah. and that sort of stuff. Yeah. And I'm really, I, I, I really basically do the set. That we did with the Rockets, mm. and which and we'd honed that set really over years yeah, playing, yeah, yeah. you know. So I stick to that sort of format. What Definitely, we do, yeah. so although, but you're still learning, obviously. Absolutely, yeah. everything's stripped back on your own as well, isn't it? So, uh, but that's not necessarily a bad thing, is it? You know. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it took me a while to realise actually there's a massive freedom in playing solo because you can do yeah. whatever you want with those songs. If you think, oh, this isn't working, I'll just chuck this one in because that that song worked before. You can do it. Absolutely, um, yeah. You've got yeah. actually got so much freedom to take whatever bits of a song you want to and put it in there. So, yeah, I, I mean, think, yeah, I think off camera you said you preferred being in the band because it was someone to bounce off. Do you find, obviously, you've been on the big stages, you're now playing small stages. Do you ever get that feeling like when there's no one in the pub, like, oh, what, what the hell am I doing here? Or do you just think, well, I've, I've been there and done that and just appreciate it for what it is? Uh, no, to, to, to be honest, I mean, if 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 there's, uh, I mean, I played a couple of these like little little micro pubs up and down, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, Market Alehouse is great, you know. Yeah, it's it kind of kind of busy that, yeah. but sometimes you're doing. There might only be when when you first start. There might only be an handful of people, but mm. you've got to, you know, you've, you you've got to make you make the effort to make mm. whoever's in definitely, you know, enjoy it just as. But you've got when you're on your own, you've, you you've got to really. I think well, obviously you've got to work harder. You know, you yeah. have to work harder, but you, you, you're consciously sort of thinking, yeah, this is you've got to really, you know, make it, make, make this work. So yeah. even if there's only a few people in, to me, it's 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 um, it's it's you know, you can play you can play big stages, bigger you know, big arenas, with, 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 you know, with thousands of people in. But when you come to play like just with sort of handful of people and you're doing it on your own, you can it can be just as nervous <laughs> yeah, sometimes, no, you know. Probably more sometimes. And, and, yeah. and, and but like just going back to like say of the freedom. I mean, I don't use backing tracks now. I, I'll just go out with acoustic guitar, and and for that reason, I feel more comfortable because sometimes if a song's not mm. working, you can change it. Mm. You can go into something else. Whereas yeah. even with backing tracks. You know, you can't necessarily do that. It's not like a four minutes out, yeah. 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 So I, I do love that freedom to do Definitely, that. Yeah. You know. I've noticed that as well because, I, like, obviously with your help, I'm getting to this. I think yesterday was the first time that I'd sat, done the whole set with acoustic guitar, no other age. Brilliant. And like you say, it's... Um, it, it doesn't feel as awkward because you can you can slow it down, speed it up, you can change the structure slightly, and it is a lot a lot better, yeah, isn't you, it? And you're more comfortable. It's a long road to get there, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I think yeah, so, it's, yeah. it's cool. Yeah. The other thing I was going to ask you is obviously 
now you're solo, you're the front man, you're the singer, you've probably been used to all your life being behind, like being in a backing band. How have you, yeah. how have you found that transition? Like actually having to sing for 2.45 minutes like lead vocals as well well what we used to do with the rockets is sometimes i'd i'd go out the front for sort of 20 minutes right, I mean, chris yeah. did most most of the singing really but sometimes i go out to the front for 20 minutes and i'd pick my songs you know pick what pick what i did so it's it's kind of it's not like i've i've not been at the front mm. of the band yeah. I mean, you know yeah. um but it is like you say for 45 you, you sort of have to think and think of think think ahead and you constantly thinking ahead of of the songs yeah I, I find it uh, not challenging i mean it's challenging in, in, in its way but it's very interesting and you've, you've got to be more you've got to be on the ball all the time you know Definitely. yeah because it's not just constantly, like the songs yeah. you're playing the parts you've got to think about it's not just that and the structures of songs it's also about can I push my voice yeah, now oh. for the rest of this set or do I have to hold back on this one? Yeah. And you're picking your songs consciously, actually thinking about your own voice as That's well. That's right, yeah. And the gig tomorrow you've got to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, just as we, we, we might do a little little extra um, part just to finish up, but so obviously you've, you've been through a lot of different experiences, you've been through a lot of different eras as well. Where, where do you think the, the, especially from your perspective, the cover scene, where do you think that's going? Where, where's the pub industry going? Where's the local music industry going? Do you think, do you think in 20, because we've had a few people on that have sort of argued that, it, that, that it's, it's sort of dying or, it, or it's on its way out. What, what's your opinion or perspective on stuff like that? I don't think it'll ever die out. No. I don't. I think. I think places evolve. You know. I mean, you can. You, you can go back to, uh, uh, like you're saying about the the land days in the eighties, and you can you can go back to like even even when I was you know eight years old and my dad were doing the clubs mm. and, and you know, but it, it it was like I think the club scene is probably yeah. is, is altering now. And at one time it was all bands who used to play clubs, social clubs and that, mm. you know, and, and hardly any bands played pubs as such. And it's totally done on yeah. 180. You know, there's, there's always, I think there'll always be pubs that will want bands on doing whatever genre of music. Yeah. I think there always will be. I think, I mean, just walking through, saying before, just walking through Chorley now, yeah. how much it's changed <laughs> and you, all these little micro pubs have, have, have popped up they like are, in the last yeah. 10 years. And, and, and I'm aware that like, You'll always, there'll always be a space for sort of, you know, someone on acoustic playing yeah. just an acoustic set. Now, you know, and, and I think that's probably how it seems, how it's going at the yeah, moment. But I think so. the law, I think there'll always be bands will always play. You yeah, know, yeah. The, 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 there'll always be the call for that. Yeah. You know? the, yeah, playing in a band, sorry Luke, oh, I yeah, think right. it's more like the band gets booked quicker, mainly probably because we play less. So we're, we've got less dates available, but the band was pretty much, we started booking maybe December. And we were booked up by the end of January for right. the year. Near right. enough, we added, maybe we've added about three dates. Well, there you go, yeah. But, you know, there's solo yeah. acts, it's, it's constant work coming in. It may just come a bit slower this year, like right. for whatever reason, but yeah. I don't, how have you found it? Are you fairly booked ahead or? Uh, well, I, I've sort of relaxed a bit on the solo gigs, to be honest. But I found um, when, when when I started doing it more solo gigs after lockdown, I found that was I found it a bit tricky to get gigs at first because mm. players, people didn't know mm. what were, which direction venues didn't know what they wanted and mm. what what direction they were going and it's I always say it's not like 
it's not like you're a shopkeeper where suddenly no. lockdown's in and you can open your doors and <laughs> yeah, yeah. comes back and it, it, it didn't work like that, you know, it doesn't work like that. But I'm finding it's 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 getting back it's getting back to more like yeah. it was before lockdown. Mm. Yeah, and, so. and and I've sort of I'm not doing as many solo gigs now, but that's right. through choice. Mm. Um, but I suppose I could go out and you know f- find the work because I do see, I do see venues yeah, all, yeah. all like that. Yeah. You, you, you play <laughs> you seem to play a lot of venues. Yeah, all, up and all, down, all about you, especially you know? around here. Um, yeah. but like you say, it is a lot of the smaller um, pubs, the microbreweries. Mm. That that seems to be the rise at the minute. Um, yeah. and sometimes you turn up and it's like playing in a living room, but it's a nice environment environment and stuff so yeah like you say um the i don't really do massive venues so but it, it, pubs mm. are coming and going all the time yeah that's right? another thing isn't it you yeah, know like, it's, you, it, you'll have you'll have some sort of residency somewhere and then that goes and it's it, there's a lot yeah. of chopping and changing but uh yeah, that, changing and yeah and absolutely that sub that, that yeah right we'll take a really short break and then we'll just um talk about where where you where you what you're doing now where you're going from here and and we'll, we'll do the next cool. part so yeah see you shortly cheers Hi, how you doing? It's me, the daddy. Just wanted to take a moment out of the episode to promote a certain somebody today, a certain Stephanie Collette that has been helping us out, getting us started with filming, with lighting, with a little bit of photography as well. So a big shout out to Stephanie. You can find her in Chorley at her studio. It's above the Blue Light Cafe, I believe it is. She does web design, photography, she does filming as well she does all sorts of things in that sector um, and we'd really like to promote her so her details are going to be in the link in the description below so you can check her out if you want anything that's music related or um, even just family shoots she can do as well for you so a whole range of things and she's really good we can vouch for that as well so go check her out back to the episode i'll see you later Hello, welcome back to the One More Songcast. So we said the last part was the final part. We were just going to do a little lecture. So, uh, so Justin, um, what's the plans going forward then? What what are you up to at the minute? I know obviously you've got your cabin residency. You play in St Anne's a lot. Yeah, um, I'm enjoying the, the, the cabin residency. Uh, that's that's going great. You yeah. know, we, 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 we've got a show um, again in August at uh, the Everyman Theatre, I think, with, with, with that band. And the, it's to do with the... Um, and the Beatles convention as well, and the celebrating. It's like uh, we, 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 we're doing the not the full album, but we're doing the Beatles Red and Blue album sections of that because it's 50 years ago since that was released right. in 1973. So okay, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're working we're working on that at the moment. And that's with the band, the Cavern Band. Um, and yeah, Sundays I'm at St Anne's, which is I'm really enjoying. It's uh, it's uh, Hotel the Dalmini Hotel in St Anne's. Yeah, I know where it is. And that's yeah. that's just on the front. The, the last night actually, nice. and it's a really lovely setting. So it's do you go like, inside when it's uh, raining, or do you? Have like no, a... we well we we're, we're sort of, we sort of playing in next to the double doors that, that lead outside. So it's, nice. uh, so it's it's a lovely setting, and I'm more like sat back playing a bit yeah, of jazz yeah. piano and a little bit of uh, <laughs> laid back stuff. And there's 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 a, a couple of guys. So I suppose if that's uh, a hotel as well, then it's it's a different audience every week. So it's, uh, uh, yeah, well, yeah. There's, there's four of us play. Sometimes we're not all there. Um, there's myself, uh, Roy, Tony Benedict, Alan Pill. There's there's four of us as a, ge- a general core of of, of, of the band. Um, and the audience is, is sort of a mixture of regulars and uh, guests mm. in the hotel. Mm. And it's good. Uh, we, we, we start at sort of, uh, time we start roughly about half five mm. till about 
half nine, something like that. Oh, well, about yeah. four hours. It's good laid back and it's absolutely it's good. yeah yeah. yeah I, I kind of enjoyed that. It's, it's very different, slightly like opposite of, of the cabin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it, yeah, I like that. So you'd have like a Saturday night at the cabin and then Sunday it'd well, be a, a Friday, Friday at the cabin. Saturday. Yeah, yeah Saturday yeah. might do the odd solo gig yeah, or whatever yeah. gigs we've got, and, <laughs> and, and so it's it's different. But I like yeah. I like the diversity of it really. For somebody for somebody who's not been to the cabin before, just talk us through that generally. But I've been. You've obviously been as well. No, I've not. Oh, actually, you've never, I've never actually yeah. had the luxury of going. What's, what's the experience? like for somebody that's coming to watch the music um what, what's it well i think um the, all the acts that are there all the bands that are there, really good quality in the solo solo things and, yeah. and and the the solo i mean you've got music on basically from the moment it opens on a monday uh, 11 o'clock i think it opens in 11 12 on a monday all day through, oh, really? all right. through to Sunday. So, you, so if you nipped in there now, there'd be something. If you on. went on there now, there'd right, be something yeah, on. Cool, Whatever time, cool. whatever time of day you yeah, go in, there's always yeah. an act on. There's always something yeah. on. It's always. And Matthew Street um, as a whole is vibrant. Is that there's people on everywhere? Yeah, it is. There? Yeah. I mean, you've got Eric's across the road. That's another famous yeah. night nightclub. Yeah. Uh, uh, and all all the bars and that down there. It is very very vibrant, and mm. it's it's always busy. It's, I, you know, on a Friday night when we're there, I mean, I, I, I go about nine o'clock and it's it's busy at nine o'clock, you know. Um, when I go, there's always people buzzing around. It's a good vibe, you yeah, know. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. What's a parking situation like down there? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, there's a, there's, there's a few streets I can park on. You can park after six o'clock, yeah, you know. Right, so yeah. there's, there's a few streets I know where to park, you know. <laughs> and again, Touchwood, I've not had any problem in 12 years parking, you know. But <laughs> whether they, uh, they change that, in, I don't know. But, yeah. Uh, so, so, um, so is there anything that... Is there any gig or any, um, I don't know, anybody you'd like to... Going forward, is there any plans or aspirations where you think, oh, I'd really love to work on this project, anything that you've seen, or, or you know, what's your aspirations going forward? Are you just quite happy, content with what you've, what you've done and what you're doing? So, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, at the moment, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with, with, with what we're doing, and, mm. you know, with the bands and, and, and the people I'm working with at the moment is, is, is really good, you know? Yeah. Um, and again, like I said, two years ago, when we had nothing, really, mm. anyone in the arts industry had, had nothing, it's like, you know, so to, to get, to be doing what I'm doing now after two years. Absolutely. I'm, I'm sort of chuffed about it. Yeah. Got Did you think that it might not go, go back to the way it was during yeah, lockdown I've, and I've, stuff? I've, I've, I, I, you know, I was, I was a bit despondent I think during everyone had the doubts, yeah. I think we were, it, was, it was a horrible time, really, and it was just too long, you know. Um, it was just too long, I think, for everyone. Yeah, absolutely, you know? absolutely. But right, stuff. right. So we're going to ask you a few quick fires that yeah. we ask at the end. They're a little bit, uh, what do you call them? Sometimes a bit cheesy, but we yeah. get some good answers out of them All sometimes. Right. Okay. So, uh, if you could go back to talk to your sixteen-year-old self, um, right. what would you say to him? Uh, maybe it would be something that you would change, or, or, or maybe your attitude at that time. What, what would you, what would you say to yourself? Do you think? Would you have maybe, maybe written? music and try to push original yeah, music maybe or I, I think um, I don't know I think when I, when I was 16 I pretty much knew what I wanted to do yeah that that that's one thing you know certainly was was, was driven in, in, in mm. it was just being music and that's all it was being um, I don't know. I don't know what advice I give to myself. Well, that's good. If, if, if I'm honest, it shows uh, that um, you've yeah. done something right. Uh, well, yeah. I don't know if I've done anything right. <laughs> know. You know, but I've, I've, I'd probably say to myself, 
you know yeah keep 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 on at it keep on at it you know enjoying it which i which i was anyway really yeah you know but when i was 16 it was like uh, i was probably just 16 17 when when i first got my first band so Mm. i'd uh, i'd probably say to myself make sure you get in a band make sure you get in a band and and, and do it which 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 i did you know (laughs) Um, what was the best piece of advice you ever actually received uh Keep practicing and stick at it, mm. because I, t- I, t- I tell you something. The funny thing is, is the amount of, the amount of people I speak to, adults, that say, "Oh, I used to learn. I used yeah, to practice. Yeah. I practiced piano and guitar. Give it up after two years. Mm. I wish, I wish I hadn't mm. give it up." And, that, and there, was, there was a moment actually, probably when I was about fourteen. I remember my mum. My mum said to me, sat me down. She said, and she said, you know, it's tough at the moment. She said, you know, you, you know, if, if you're finding it tricky we, we'll push you you know and all that i said yeah. no i want i, I want to stick at it yeah, and, they, and yeah. they were behind me then well that's good and it yeah. was just a moment so that's probably the the best advice i yeah. can give is is you know especially if you if you're young and i think a lot of parents especially probably during the 70s and 80s um would have probably been a bit discouraging the music wouldn't they really um, may, may, so maybe good, but, yeah. but i think it's my brother our andy yeah. was always into his, his music he was into yeah. t-rex and status quo and bands like that and I he was always influenced so I always had music around me and of course my dad was like I said concert sector it, it was always music was always in, in, in the house it Absolutely. was always and, 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 and that piece of advice is something similar that my mum and dad give to me because they always used to say if you're willing to commit to something we'll back you yeah, if you're but, not willing to commit then it, yeah, it comes away um, so it's sort of in a way it's basically it's putting the responsibility and the onus on you to do it yeah yeah Brilliant, yeah. Uh, I'd be really interested. It might it might not be a bit of a non-question this, but there must have been something pretty cool that um, that John Len- Lennon's sister shared with you. Did she have some cool stories that's probably never been out there before, or not really? Never really had them. Conversations. Uh, not really, but but she used to come very often in dressing room. And yeah. we'd, we'd often chat about things, and and she, she, well, funnily enough, the, the the first time, the second time I went over to America, I took my daughter, who who would have been. A, um maybe about 14 around about that time and and and, and julia she really took to me daughter you yeah, know because yeah. uh, there weren't there weren't many kids really there it was at, at the festival you know so she always asked me about about it she said, oh, i hope lisa's all right or, you know you're, you're looking after her well because she was very motherly like that yeah. she really loved kids and that so it's it's always it's always nice when it when, when I see Julia. She always asks about about uh, my daughter Alicia. Ah, so oh, brilliant, brilliant. Right. So um, with your guitar tuition, then, so um, how would people um, get in touch with you to have guitar lessons? Well, I'm on Facebook, Justin yeah. Crow. Always get in touch with me on Facebook. Uh, uh, I'm currently at the Song Rooms in Chorley. Yeah. Uh, teaching there and at a place called Last Act Studios which is in Formby uh, that's a performing arts academy uh, and they're the two taught schools that I, that I teach at, at the moment yeah. really and, yeah. and probably Facebook I don't do a lot of social no, media no. to be honest I mean Facebook that's it you know, yeah, you know yeah. after my space yeah, absolutely. So, <laughs> have we asked the venue to change it how venues change question 
Yeah, um, I think a little bit because we spoke about the um, like the microbreweries and how that's oh, changing yeah. and everything. I think what you said, I think off camera, it's hard to, to sometimes remember if it was off camera or on camera, is uh, encouraging as well. Is that you, you are seeing a lot of young people still coming to watch the Beatles tributes and and stuff, which bodes well for the future of, of music and cover music as well. Yeah, you know? it's not just Beatles. I think it, it, oh, yeah, music yeah. In, music in general. Yeah, I'd yeah, say, you yeah. know, I mean when. when Certainly, Matthew Street, you, 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 with the cavern, it's you, there's a real mixture of people, young and old, mm. you know. And uh, at, the, at the moment, we, I mean, we don't just do sixties. We try, we try and do new stuff like we, we do sort of Jake Bug and because Jake Bug mm. performed yeah. down there and and Arctic Monkeys as well. So yeah, we, we do could, yeah. we do some of that, yeah. you know. Absolutely. Um, and all that sort of so stuff. you try and cut so it's worth saying as well I actually bumped into somebody I was doing a solo gig at Chan at Richard I think it was Chan oh Chorley Cricket Club I think it was and a guy was working behind the bar and he said oh um, I'm in a Beatles tribute band I didn't really think anything of it and I went to check him out afterwards he gave me a card to say about being a debt potentially and stuff um, right. and I had look the Beatles complete you listen them the young lads uh, they play at the cavern quite mm, regularly good absolutely lads. brilliant yeah they are <laughs> I was shocked how good they were I think they're playing th- I think do they play on a Thursdays and Saturdays I think they are, they yeah. are about 16 uh, and they look like they've got fantastic. a good following as well and um, you know I think it's quite encouraging mm. to see young lads um, they've got the sound off and everything I thought mm. it I thought it were brilliant so uh, there's plenty out yeah, there isn't there yeah how many acts that uh, well you said that it's on all day isn't it so uh, yeah there's plenty on really there's yeah. a switch every sort of like everyone gets to like hours two hours slot or is it uh yeah i mean i mean there's there's, there's quite a few artists i'm not I'm not sure how many mm. how many there are there's quite a few that do down there and, and yeah it's probably i don't know maybe they'll do like two slots a week two or mm. three slots a week something like that yeah. Yeah. you know um but I always think Beatle Week's amazing the amount of bands that come over from abroad yeah. and literally every, everywhere in the world they, yeah. they come from you know yeah wicked and wicked. Um, yeah so uh, good stuff is there anything you'd like to add Justin that we've missed we've yeah, tried to cover all bases there. I think we've got some pretty cool stories and, and, and experiences is there anything you'd like to add or are you all good uh, no, I think no. I think that's cool. I've yeah, really enjoyed it. It's gone quick. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? You sit here and it's we've probably been here about two hours now. Haven't yeah, we? it does go fast. So probably uh, about to get a parking fine. Well, that's the <laughs> point. Actually, yeah, we better cut it short. No, so big thanks to Justin Crow for coming on. Thank um, you very much. A jack of all trades in, in music, which is brilliant. Um, and uh, yeah, going uh, if you're interested in guitar lessons, I can vouch for him because I have guitar lessons with him as well, and he, he gives you a platform to learn whatever you want to learn. Um, it's you know, there's no particular grade and you don't have to do anything like that it's just developing yourself and what you want to develop so uh, yeah cheers Justin thank you very much and, uh, thanks we'll see you for the next one cheers